The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to, finally, a brand new episode of Retro Pop. I am one of your hosts. I am the uh, somehow surviving, coming out of a deep respiratory issue, <laughs> Johnny Townsend. And I'm joined by my good pal, my friend, my partner in crime, Mr. Matt Johnson. Hi. Um, I just want to say this. I hope uh, I hope that coronavirus is not transferable through microphones and Skype and <laughs> and all that stuff because I I am not about that life, Mr. Johnny Townsend. But I am glad you are back, my friend. It is good to hear from you. You sound good. Uh, yeah, we are back. Yeah. We apologize for the absence, yes. but we are back. It's, it's my fault that we haven't been around. I literally was laid out for easily two weeks because <laughs> of uh, the respiratory thing that I got. I couldn't stop coughing. Uh, and then when I was about finished coughing, my voice went away, <laughs> probably from said coughing. So it was a, for me, a person who obviously loves the sound of his own voice, it was an awful time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, could, I cannot think of a worse hell for me. <laughs> yeah, that's horrible. That. That's that's. I don't know what I would do if I lost my voice. My wife would probably be happy that I couldn't podcast yeah, for a couple weeks. But yeah, um, you couldn't podcast, but your marriage would improve heaps and bounds. <laughs> it's funny how that works. It's just like this science and and math and numbers yeah. and whatnot. But uh, yeah. So this week it's Johnny's choice. We are kind of finishing up with our month of February. That's right. Fight, it's just a little behind. Uh, fighting game month. <laughs> And we yep. are excited to get underway. But, yeah, like I said, this is Johnny's choice. And, Johnny, why uh, – you know, there's, a, there's obviously a lot of different fighting franchises. You know, we went through Mortal Kombat. There's, like, Tekken. There's all sorts of other ones. Why does why does Street Fighter tickle your fancy so much to the point where you chose it for this episode? I think what you're saying is, hey, let's get into our personal history with Street Fighter. I do can. I have. I don't know what. I think I remember seeing Street Fighter first in the arcades, and I remember being drawn to like how the game looks. Right, it looks like uh, a really brightly colored. Uh, the sprites are just so beautiful. It's got its own little, its own style. It's almost like I'm watching uh, an American cartoon, right? Yeah. But I, but I can control it. So, as a guy who's always loved art, uh, that right away drew me to this series. Uh, and then, the fact of the matter is, I've, you know, they I would just start playing and would have some characters that are like, well, that guy looks cool. Well, she looks cool. Well, they look cool. I, I'm going to try playing as these characters. And I would rent these, re, uh, I would rent Street Fighter 2, different versions of it for my Sega Genesis, constantly. And I would get the... The little, the little instruction manual and actually go through and give you little backgrounds and how to do all the moves of all the characters that are in the game and all that kind of stuff. And I would play the whole weekend just to see each character's story and how because they actually put little stories in them and stuff and see how they turn out. And every time a new Street Fighter 2 game come out because there were like 40 versions of it, <laughs> uh, I would have to rent it. Uh, I And then I even, and this is, I'm sure, blasphemy for people who love just movies and film in general, but I flip and love, even though it is awful. It is an awful film, uh, the Street Fighter movie. I can watch it again and again and again. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No, that's that's fair. Yeah. I, I never said Mortal Kombat. The Mortal Kombat movie is way way better. Oh yeah, like it's just a better movie. But I can watch both of those movies and love them both. I've equally. never actually sat down and watched the Street Fighter movie. I've seen clips and stuff, but I don't think I've ever had. Act- Maybe I did when I was younger because my parents used to like rent blockbuster movies all the time uh and i know how my dad is he probably tried to avoid that as much movie as much as possible but uh you know yeah. well yeah I, i'm not sure i'd have to actually sit down and kind of watch it 
Well, it, when I was going through, the, well, we'll get to the history of Street Fighter soon, but I didn't really include the movie very much, so I'm just going to get out the movie discussion yeah. here. Um, like, I'm going to ask you this, Matt. Okay, all right. So, Guile, Colonel Guile, in the games, he's an American y- fighter, yes. right? He's an American. He's like a Marine, or, or he's in the armed services somehow. Uh, who should we get to play him in the mid-90s? <laughs> an American? Yeah. <laughs> uh. That's the key word here. An American. I know yeah. who the actor uh, a- was, but I'm not sure who <laughs> yes. I would choose personally. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I love John Claude Van Damme. That dude is freaking awesome. But uh, you, you know. should have had sliced alone. What'd you say? I personally would have loved either that as well. Um, but yeah, so I, I, the, the Street Fighter movie has a secret, beautiful place, along with like the Mario Brothers movie and a couple other movies that I know are just absolutely terrible films. But I can just watch them again and again and again. Right. Yeah, I, uh, I, I know that feeling. Trust me, I know that feeling. Uh, for me, on the other hand, Street Fighter was, it was like, it definitely was like. The, you know how the yin and yang symbol, yin and yang? Don't want to roll that off the tongue. Mortal Kombat was like on yeah. one side of it, and Street Fighter was on the other. They were the complete opposites uh, as as far as content. I think a lot of the fighting and, and this and that. Uh, I always saw, saw Street Fighter as the like de facto like game to play competitively. Uh, tournaments and, and whatnot. There was, uh, you know... If if you were to enter a game tournament, Street Fighter would be the the quintessential game fighting game to play. Uh, but I was, uh, you know, arcade was definitely the earliest in uh, you know um, my impression of it. And like you said, the coloring was was fun and very very drastic. I know you referenced it on our Mortal Kombat episode, but with like the character select and how wild the colors could be, uh, you know, the very the variant colors could be for certain characters. Uh, but I was I was impressed with it. Uh, you know, the, there was a cool combo system. Uh, but I did find I did find actually Mortal Kombat easier to play, and that's why I pro- part of the reason why I always stood, went towards that. But just recently, I picked up the uh, it was the 30th anniversary of Street Fighter. Yeah. Uh, I know you just got a Switch recently, uh, but it's on the Switch, or I have it on my Switch, and I play it, and it has pretty much all those early. Uh, 2D cartoonish back, you know, art style games on it, and it is well worth it. Like I was very impressed with the the, the gameplay, uh, kind of getting back into it. It's 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 difficult at points, but every character does feel unique, and that's where I do give it the edge over Mortal Kombat. And I'm not just talking about, well, obviously Mortal Kombat characters. The only really difference between those characters are special moves. Whereas Street Fighter, they actually fight uniquely. And differently, everything from punches and kicks are thrown differently. Uh, you know, of course, any signature special moves, but um, yeah, everybody didn't feel so cookie cutter, which I which I found really really impressive. So I I really uh, in my younger years I didn't get too much into Street Fighter, uh, but as I've gotten older and a little bit more refined and I'm playing it more, uh, I do have a new appreciation and newfound like uh, okay. Uh, I can I can get down with this kind of vibe for Street Fighter. It's uh it's 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 a good time. Yeah, isn't it strange how like you said that you found Mortal Kombat to be easier to play? Like I found it the opposite. I found I found Street Fighter easier for me to, to like I just understood it right, easier how right. to play it. I I don't know why. Uh, butt mashing like maybe series, but you but know maybe what the mean. butt mashing. That might that's probably what it is. <laughs> if I push all these buttons, it's gotta it do something. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's literally how I accidentally. Uh. I mean, I personally, I I accidentally found out how to do like Hadouken, the, the Hadouken and Sharyuken and all that stuff. Yeah. Like it was just mashing buttons. Where, uh, yeah, like that. That's really how that came about. So that's like the the basic fighting controls for Mortal Kombat were super simple, super easy. But, um, yeah, for Street Fighter, it was it was a lot of butt mashing to kind of figure out combos. I guess butt mashing you can't really get away with an MK. Uh, they they I don't know why it's like a fail safe uh, why they did that, but it's that's something that they do. Uh, Street Fighter though it's, it flows a little bit better in that regard, so I, I can understand that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I think we're ready to get into the history of 
Street Fighter. Hadouken! All right, some notes before we dive in here. Uh, first of all, I don't know why I do this to myself, uh, but I barely speak English well, and there's a lot of Japanese names in here. Uh, so uh, I will do my best, but please note, I am terrible at pronouncing Japanese names, and these people deserve the utmost respect, so I'm not doing it out of uh, disrespect or anything like that. I'm just not Yeah, if you it. don't believe what Johnny's saying right now, pause this episode, save it, and then go back to episode one and hear him him and I try to pronounce names for the Nintendo of America episode, or the, just the general Nintendo That's episode. Right. That was, oh boy, oh daddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and just uh, and also, <laughs> and just to even further say this, I actually watched a little documentary on Street Fighter, and they were just you know interviewing fans and stuff, and they were interviewing like how you pronounce one of the main characters. Well, there's a lot of main characters, but you know, uh, uh, R Y U is how you spell his name. I'd always pronounced it Ryu. Yeah. That's how I'd always said it. But apparently, if you do that, you will get smashed in the face because it's Ryu. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I literally just found out recently. So that's how little I know. <laughs> um, and also. There is, um, this is mainly going to be about Street Fighter 2, uh, because that's the one that really started it all. There is a Street Fighter 1, and I will touch on Oof. that. I was going to say, game, that's, that's on that but, 30th anniversary collection. I was like, I can't believe this game made it into production. Um, it is, it, it's it's way more of a, well, I'll yeah. get into it, but it's way more of a game that is a blueprint for what's to come than it is a absolutely, game. Absolutely, absolutely. It was a necessary evil, <laughs> I feel. Um, so we're going back to the 80s, 1984. This is just a year after uh, a bouncing baby Johnny Townsend was born. Uh, but during this time, um, Yoshiki Ak- Akamoto uh, was fired from Konami. Konami, uh, if you don't know, especially during the 80s and 90s, was a huge, huge video game company. Like, they turned out some classics in my... Like, they, t- they did all the Ninja Turtle games for the early systems... So and a lot of the Disney games for the early systems, uh, Capcom did some of those too. But uh, Konami did a lot of classic games uh, f- for my childhood, so they got a <laughs> a really great place in my in my heart and soul. But he was fired from there, but that's okay because he soon got lucky and landed a job at another behemoth. This is right before they're about to break huge and become a humongous company, Capcom. Uh, Capcom st- uh, still kicking today. Is a huge video game company. They've also put out a lot of classics, um, you know, everything from Mega Man to Street Fighter. So uh, they have a great pedigree. In 1985, uh, an artist named Akira Yas- Yasuda showed up at the Cap- at Capcom for a job interview. But what's really funny about this is, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I'm still getting over it. I told you. <laughs> uh, what's really funny about this is. Uh, I got all this. Uh, most of my information came from a Polygon.com uh, oral history where they actually went and interviewed the people who made the game. Uh, but they were talking about when uh, a, this artist Akira came in for his job interview. Uh, he actually was, uh, he didn't have any of his work with him. He didn't have any of his artwork with him. And he was wearing pajamas. And they asked, oh. <laughs> and they asked him, hey, why are, you, why are you in your pajamas? And he was like, well, it was the only thing I had with a collar. <laughs> So, uh, so this guy to me is a boss. Man, if you just walk into a job interview with Capcom and just wearing PJs like you don't care, you're respect. a boss. No, that's huge respect. <laughs> yeah, major respect. Um, and then of course the the um, Akamoto would go from there and kind of put this team around him at Capcom. Uh, this would include um, man, I'm really sorry ahead of time for these uh, Noritaka Funamizu. Uh, who was like the who was in charge of like production and design, and then Akira uh, Nishitani was also in design, and they had so many artists also on this team um, that would go around and do Street Fighter Two. But before we get into Street Fighter Two, let's touch on Street Fighter One. Uh, Street Fighter One would come out in 1987 in the arcades, and it was a minor hit. Um, it, it even had pressure sensitive buttons. They tried a lot of new stuff with this game. It was kind of ahead of its time. Um, but, but the differences between Street Fighter 1 and Street Fighter 2 are quite drastic. In Street Fighter 1, there's only two playable characters. It's Ryu and Ken. Those are the only two that you can play as. 
A lot of the other characters, you know, Street Fighter do show up, but you can't play as them. You only get to fight them. Uh, it, it, this was the game that actually introduced in all video games the combo system. Uh, you know, you can do the Hadoukens and such. Uh, it's the first game to use that. Super simplistic. Super simplistic. Yes. Down to the right in the punch it, you button. Know, it, it, it kind of, because like I said, I played it for the first time on this 30th anniversary thing, and it almost reminded me like a, a, a graphically improved, like, uh, like Kung Fu. No, not Kung Fu. Uh, karate Champ. You're on the right track there because literally the next thing I was about to say is uh, they wanted to make a game that was kind of based on the earlier Kung Fu slash uh, fighting games that were on the, on the earlier systems. Oh, ah, okay. Well, that worked out good. Yeah. <clears throat> like, you know, I remember playing uh, karate and Kung Fu games on those, so they wanted to make something kind of like that. And it was a minor success enough to where Capcom was like, hey, let's make a sequel. Um. But by the time they were ready to do that, that first group who had made the first game were snatched up by another company, SNK, which is really funny because SNK and Capcom would kind of become the same thing at some point. Um, so let's enter the dream team that I ta- spoke about earlier. What they did first is they decided to go around before they made the game. Uh, they would go around to different arcades in the in Japan and in the USA and just watch. They would just watch people play games and see what games they were into. And this was just vital information, obviously. I mean, the best thing to do is, I don't know, I mean, we're, at some point, we will cover um, a Disney movie like Lion King for me. Uh, you know, they would bring in, the artists would get to go watch actual lions and how they moved and would study them to kind of get an idea of how these animals are and act. So, you know, if you want to figure out what are arcade uh, video gamers into, what are they really drawn to, you go to the arcade and you observe them. <clears throat> and that's what they did. So, uh, before they even made Street Fighter 2, they were told by Capcom, hey, you're going to make Street Fighter 2. So what they did was they made Final Fight instead. And uh, that was a pretty good hit for them. Final Fight's a great game, by the way. I do recommend it. Uh, Street Fighter 2, though, was the next game in their pipeline. So here they wanted a uh, some things from the start that they wanted to do. They wanted it to have six buttons uh, to use, which was very unique at the time <coughs> excuse me it was very unique at the time because uh, most of your games had one or two buttons uh, three tops and there was actually an internal struggle about this some of the some of the team were like we should have no more than two buttons for this game but uh, ultimately the uh, one of the head haunches was like we need to make this game unique and make it stand out uh, let's make it have six buttons so that's why the game has six buttons uh, yeah um, I remember, I remember being very happy when the uh, Sega Genesis released a six-button controller, uh, and it really made Street Fighter a much more enjoyable. Yeah, game. it did. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I remember those those very very painful days, and like MK was bad with the three button. There was a lot of games you just could not play with three-button controllers. It was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah the six-button was pretty unique. I did like that. Yeah, it had eight playable characters. You know, everyone from uh, Ken, Ryu, Chun-Li, uh, et cetera, like your main core group. Uh, and the other thing they wanted to do, and you kind of mentioned this earlier, Matt, was they wanted to make sure the game was competitive. <clears throat> they thought that this would make the game actually make it more money because instead of just one person standing at a at a video game and just putting in quarters, it would be two people. Right. right? You're, you're essentially doubling your money at times. And that's, that's what they set out to do, uh, very smartly. Um, the reason why each character seems unique, because, you know, um, uh, we, besides Ken and Ryu, who do have differences, but they're kind of similar. Uh, but, you know, from there you got, like, Vega, like this Spanish ninja guy jumping off cages and stuff with a claw in his hand. Uh, you know, you got Blanca, this, this monster-esque-looking thing with electricity. Uh, you know, all these really weird, strange characters uh the reason why uh this team was very competitive with each other like they would break each character that was made would have a team around it making that character and they would want to make their character the best character compared to the other ones and they would like would brag about the characters so like let's say uh, matt me like you're making um you're working on vega and i'm working on uh you know m bison or whoever and i'm like oh man uh 
I, I I can make him like just swoosh across the screen in one and with one combo. And you're like, well, I'm going to do better than that. I'm going to make this guy jump off the cage mm. and stuff like that. So they would do this stuff left and right, which is why this game looks so unique. That's uh, cool. And the, yeah, yeah, and I mean, literally. Um, uh, well, I don't want to say this is in my uh, little facts here, but they had a lot of artists working on this. So I'll just All say right. that. Um, but the uh, the the team was very competitive with each with each other, and they would want their character to be the best. I mean, that's the reason why. And I want to pronounce his name wrong because I'm sure I did if I can't pronounce Ryu right. Uh, Dosleem, the guy with the long arms that stretch and legs yeah. that stretch. That's the reason that that kept going longer and longer. He wasn't he wasn't that long at first, but uh, the team working him would see somebody else doing like really cool. Uh, moves with the uh, with Ken and like, well, we got to top that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's make his leg like kick across the dang screen. That's so cool. Oh my yeah. god, I really had no idea because and that's. I mean, this is great stuff to learn too. Like MK was so simplistic. Like they had a four person team create this, and here all that went yeah. into this design, a team per character. That's unbelievable. Like the creati- the creativity in that is just endless. And what I mean, what a wise job that was for Capcom, and whatever like immediate studios were were put in charge of creating this thing. That is, it's genius. It's, I, I wish more people would go for that. You you get so much like much better products out of it if uh, you know if there were bigger teams. Yeah, they also said that they were really they really benefited from the fact that the people who were in charge. Would were able to like take their selves and their own feelings out of it, and they could just look at something and decide if it would work or not, even if they had anything to do with it. Uh, so, like, let's say <coughs> I thought of something for for Ryu, and I had to put in, but it wasn't working. Like, I would, if I was this person, I'd be like, "It's just not working. Take it out." Instead of just being like, "Oh, that's my baby," <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Which is, as an artist, I can tell you, that's a thing that happens when you're a creative type. I mean, there's a lot of creative types out there who I'm sure even listen to this show. But man, I would say, I mean, you both are creative types, and there's times where I've, where I've kind of come up with something, and it's, it kind of is my baby yeah. in a way, and it's hard to change. One hundred percent, all the time. I'm stubborn like that too. Uh, that's just, yeah, it's just a natural emotion, I guess. Yeah, but if you want to be successful, you got to be able to have the right people around you and actually listen to them, and be able to take yourself kind of out of it for a second and look at it critically without your. Uh, with you know, with the uh, with with the caveat that you might be breaking your own heart, but it would be better for the thing in the long run. Um, so uh, they also wanted to, when they were making this game, they wanted to reduce the reliance on luck to make it more about skill. And that's kind of why the special moves were really added and, and expanded upon. Um, there's a there's one of the main things that you would see about this game that a lot of people like to quote is that they. Uh, that the combo system was actually started as a bug, like it was a that they actually accidentally did. It's kind of it kind of depends on who you ask. Uh, they accidentally, and I'm using that word in quotations. You can't see me, but I'm doing the quotation <laughs> marks. Uh, they accidentally invented the combo system in a way when they were trying to make um, all these buttons more unique and all these things more unique. And it kind of just kind of worked together where you do this simple command, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, like a fireball comes out of your hand toward the other person. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, but yeah, this game had over 20 artists working on it, which is kind of unheard of, especially at this time. It had, all these people had some sort of an art background, or they were artistic in a way, who were kind of working on this game. So they do all this, and they put this all together, and the first Street Fighter II game comes out in 1991 and is a smash success. Uh, to the point where... And I looked at many different websites for this because I wanted to know just how many Street Fighter games are there. Because <laughs> the, there are a lot of Mortal Kombat games. You went through the whole list when we did, I Mortal did. Kombat. I am, I am afraid to go through the list <laughs> of Street Fighter 2 games because not only are there Street Fighter 2 games, but there's other games in which Street Fighter characters appear. Uh, so I was like, I just want the you know, the games that are considered canon. You know, Which games are considered canon in Street Fighter? Purely just Street Fighter games, and there are well over 20. Uh, in 1987, you had Street Fighter. In 1991, Street Fighter 2. In 1992, Street Fighter 2 Champion Edition, which is the one I think I played the most. Uh, 1993 was Super Street Fighter 2. And then 94, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. <laughs> that was 
That's what you got to do to make more money. Just add one character and call it a, a different thing. Just add a word. But in 1995, uh, this is the kind of the, if you love Street Fighter, I think these games are the ones that people really love. Is the Street Fighter Alpha yes, series yes. kind of starts. Um, Street uh, 95 was the first one of those. In 96 was Street Fighter Alpha 2. Um, in 97 was Street Fighter 3, Second Impact. I remember writing that game because I was very excited about a new Street Fighter game. Uh, 98 was Street Fighter Alpha 3. Uh, and then another, in 1999, was Street Fighter 3, Third Strike. So they're kind of following what they did with the Street Fighter 2. In 2000 was Street Fighter EX3. And then we went two years without a Street Fighter game. How could we? <laughs> Street uh, Fighter in 3 Hyper Turbo <laughs> Super Edition. You're not far off. <laughs> Street Fighter 2003 was Hyper Street Fighter 2, <laughs> the Anniversary Edition. Um, and then uh, in 2006, you had Street Fighter Alpha 3 Max. In 2008, you had Street Fighter 4. And then in 2010, you had Street Fighter 4, Super Street Fighter 4. Uh, and then, and then uh, and there's, of course, you have all these games in 2014. It also had Street Fighter 4. In 2006, you had Street Fighter. I mean, 2016 was when Street Fighter 5 came out. And there's all kinds of different editions of those. I'm just not going to read them all. Um, but then, and then you also have one of my favorite games of these growing up was X-Men versus Street yes. Fighter. Did you ever play oh that one? Oh, my God. There's a place around here that still has the arcade from it. Uh, the arcade cabinet. Oh, man. Uh, I think a Colossal Taco. They have an ar- arcade cabinet here in Niagara Falls. Shut and, up. Uh, oh, my God. It is so fun. And that was right in the prime of X-Men, too. And, and you know, I, yeah. I'm a huge X-Men fan for the cartoon and all the toys and that. And to see that game come out, I was like, oh, this is the start of something really cool. And obviously, it eventually panned out into Marvel versus Capcom and, and, and so much more. So, yeah, uh, yeah great game. Great game. <clears throat> Oh, yeah, I loved it, man. The fact that I could be Cyclops and just optic blast the whole screen was freaking awesome. <laughs> it's my favorite part. <laughs> yeah, and that art style uh, lended itself well to, to X-Men. Yes, it did. It looked so. very, very clean. Very, very clean. It was like you're watching the cartoon, uh, kind of like what you yeah. were learning to earlier, how the, the graphics and art style were back then. Uh, it was very, very impressive. Yeah. And I was very happy, you know, like I got the Jim Lee version of Cyclops, you know, the one, the iconic one my from the cartoon. My favorite one. My favorite one. Yeah. Same, same. Um, so uh, that's kind of the history of Street Fighter Two and the Street Fighter series. Uh, Matt, do you have some uh, uh, some stats? I have for us? so many stats. So let's head on over to Matt's stats. Okay, so Johnny was not kidding. There are a lot of Street Fighter, individual Street Fighter prop uh, games that have been released. Uh, in simply, simply put, eighty individual titles in the entire Street Fighter franchise history. Eighty individual titles. Uh, is that not a, if that's insane. <laughs> I th- yeah, I thought like I said, I like we said, I thought Mortal Kombat was a lot. That's disgusting. Um, the series has also sold 45.88 million software units for home systems, uh, and it's been on quite a few different consoles in its time. Uh, and it's also sold over 500,000 coin-op hardware units for arcade, including 300,000 arcade units of Street Fighter II, uh, which was the big one. That was the one that really... It, like, that, I think that was the one that, that really made Midway want to compete with Capcom in the fighting, and that kind of led to the creation and, and endorsement of uh, Mortal Kombat. Uh, Street Fighter is the highest-grossing franchise of Capcom, of course, and one of the highest-grossing franchises of all time. It's earned $10.61 billion, and, that's, uh, and with inflation, $23 billion. That's wow. insane. Uh in terms of software sales, it's Capcom's third best-selling software franchise behind Resident Evil as well as Monster Hunter, and it's also one of the uh, one of the best-selling franchise uh, fighting games of all time. Uh, best-selling game, of course, Street Fighter II, and uh, the films even. There's been a lot of films, not just the ones that Johnny mentioned, but the Street Fighter films have grossed more than $200 million worldwide. Uh, it makes it Capcom's second-highest-grossing film franchise after Resident Evil. But I'm going to go through some of the individual sta- sales statistics here from the games I'm, I'm 
going to try not to go through all 80. Uh, kind of group them together here. But, all right, so for the original Street Fighter, I don't... Uh, to my knowledge, from what I've seen, it did not come out on individual consoles aside from the Switch. Uh, it was an arcade and PC engine type game. Uh, but 400,000 units were sold. $25.2 million uh, were earned without inflation and $54 million, uh, excuse me, with, uh, with inflation. Uh, Final Fight, which is actually like a weird... I'm not going to say knockoff, but like an extension of Street Fighter. They called it, some people call it Street Fighter 89. Uh, that came out in 1990 for the uh, Nintendo and Super Nintendo. Uh, 1,480,000 uh, units sold, $170.2 million earned without inflation, $207 million with inflation. Street Fighter 2, the one everybody loves to talk about. We've already mentioned it a couple times. Obviously, the biggest grossing uh, game. Uh, overall, between all the additions that came out for Street Fighter 2, and there were quite a bit, um, $20,780,000 20, units sold, 6597000 6, I think that's how that works. Uh Dollars earned without inflation, 11, I think 11, I want to say 11 billion, 854 million uh, dollars with inflation. I think that's how that works. Um, so pretty, pretty exorbitant. Uh, the highest selling version of that, uh, of Street Fighter 2 was actually, it was the first one. Uh, well, Street Fighter 2 World Warrior for the SNES. The other ones did pretty well. Street Fighter 2 Turbo was the second most uh, one sold. As far as highest grossing, Street Fighter 2 Champion Edition was actually the highest uh, earning. Uh, as far as that goes, 32, uh, 3, 800, excuse me, $3,802,000,000. Um, oh, the way they do the numbers on this are so confusing, so I apologize. $3,282,000,000. Um, dollars earned in that regard so quite a bit street fighter alpha series that came out in 95 for ps1 saturn um so you got street fighter alpha 2s street fighter 0 street fighter 0 2 uh earned a total of 435 million 171 thousand dollars street fighter alpha just plain old alpha 2 like it's insane um one million see one billion fifty eight Mil oh God, I'm sorry. One, it's so confusing. <laughs> One billion fifty-eight million three hundred six thousand units sold, um, with a hundred and one million earned after inflation. Uh, but yeah, we can go on. I mean, I can legit go on this forever. There's some of the highest grossing. Uh, like there's, it's, there's so much to it. Um, let's take a look at the high. I think yeah, Street Fighter we said was the highest sold. There's so many. Like X Men versus Street Fighter was pretty, uh, you know, pretty intense. Uh, you know, as far as sales go, 193,000 units pushed, uh, as well as let's see, how much did it earn? It earned about 12 million. About 12 million. Marvel vs. Street Fighter did pretty good. Um, all these stats, of course, are courtesy of fandom. But Street Fighter 2, obviously, the most important one. I can keep stuttering over myself all day. Um, as far as the movies go, movies go, yes, yes let's, let's do, do it. it. <laughs> uh, Street Fighter, the movie from, uh, 1994 earned, had $24,535,531 in sales and with inflation earned $219,500,000. So... Pretty impressive. They also had some, several animated movies. Street Fighter II, the animated movie, um, which did see a bit of a cinema release, did pretty well. They did a Legend of Chun Li movie in 2009. <laughs> I have a story oh, about boy. that one. Uh, Street Fighter soundtrack. Oh, they did a Street Fighter soundtrack. Uh, that's pretty neat. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it as far as Matt's stats go. Um, yeah, so let's get into Johnny's. Did you know?
Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, I will touch on the uh, Legend of Chun Li movie soon. Okay, uh, but a quick note before I forget: uh, there are quite a few quite good animated, uh, you know, uh, movies, and I think it was like an anime series too. I'm sure there were. I know there was at least one because I own one of Street Fighter. Uh, those are actually quite good. So um, <clears throat> here we go. If you compare the names of the English uh, characters and the Japanese characters, it can be confusing because, like, one would be named Bison, but Bison's a different character in Japan on Street Fighter, uh, and Balrog's a different character in America. Like, it's just really weird going back and forth like that. But M. Bison's name in the U.S. was almost changed because it sounded too close to Mike Tyson. <laughs> And they didn't want to get sued. And this was when Mike Tyson was not only huge, he had his own video game out too. His punch That's right. And he probably would have murdered. <laughs> yeah. So they didn't yeah, want to get he sued. He would have murdered somebody if need <laughs> yeah. be. He would have at least hit him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's just a joke, Mike. Please don't hurt me. Uh, the Street Fighter actually got its name from a 1974 martial arts movie. Uh, you can actually find it. Uh, you can find the trailer for it, but it's actually so violent that it was rated X. Oh my god, <laughs> that's crazy! I was violent. actually just laughing at the. I'm trying to think of Mike Tyson trying to say Street Fighter. <laughs> Street, Street Fighter, Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Biff. <laughs> uh, it is so weird. Like, there's, and this is no knock on them because these guys could destroy me with one hand. But these huge, sometimes these huge guys just have voices that do not match who they are, <laughs> what they look like. Uh, you know, uh, I would throw in uh, Brock Lesnar in that. Oh, when he yells, he screams. Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. So, um, but I never say it to Brock's face because he could end me in a second. <laughs> uh, Street Fighter Two was the first fighting game to offer a choice of characters with unique moves. Like I said, the first Street Fighter game, uh, there was only two characters you could play as, but you didn't get to choose who. If you were the first player, you were. You were Ryu. If you're the second player, you're a Ken. Uh, Chun Li was the first important playable woman in a fighting game. She wasn't the first woman in a fighting game, but she's the first one that everybody who, who became a huge hit, who was a crossover hit. Uh, you know, people still dresses her and cosplays her today. So uh, yes, and and I in don't that, hate in 1994, it. No, I love it. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> uh, great character. Uh, in 19, I had a bit of a crush on her uh, when I was a kid. In 1994, the movie uh, actually fleshed out names for characters. Like, it would give them first and last names when they didn't have those. But those would actually mostly be ignored <laughs> in the games. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going, so, Street Fighter, the movie, uh, canon, maybe? Probably not. <laughs> In Street Fighter 1, there was a line in the game that said, you must defeat uh, Shing Long to stand a chance. But the reason that this is uh, strange is because you actually never fight ever a character named Shing Long in Street Fighter 1. Uh, this was actually just a line that was translated incorrectly into in American. Uh, so, in American, yeah, in English. <laughs> in is American. What I was trying to say. In American. <laughs> uh it was just mistranslated, so uh, there was never actually a Shinglong in the first game. But the game said, "Hey, uh, you got to defeat him to stand a chance." <laughs> well, apparently we never stood and a chance. And you already mentioned it. We never stood a chance. Nope, never did. Never did. Uh, and you already mentioned it. It was it's Capcom's to this day biggest selling franchise, and I would dare say kept it afloat at times when things were kind of iffy. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, and Capcom is a behemoth in video games, like I mentioned before, and a uh, a company that's put out a lot of games I've loved. So. Really happy for Street Fighter. Really kind of save some things. Uh, that's all I got for the Johnny's facts. Are you ready to get into the uh, the, the the cultural impact of Let's Street Fighter? Let's do it. The village magistrate, a simple man with a simple code, justice. He gathered the few people that he could to stand against you. <laughs> you and your bullies were driven back by farmers with pitchforks. <laughs> My father saved his village at the cost of his own life. You had him shot as you ran away. A hero at a thousand paces. I'm sorry. I don't remember any of it. 
You don't remember? For you, the day Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. I think just like Mortal Kombat, it still has a place. Uh, it's still pretty huge. Uh, like you just mentioned, they just literally released a, a collection of the games that I th- and it's sold pretty well. Uh, it, this game is, and they still hold up. Uh, they were really smart with the, in my opinion, a lot of these old games that still hold up are the ones that have a certain graphical style to them, so they don't look dated. And it really yes. helps, uh, and it helps Street Fighter a lot, in my opinion. Um just like, you know, you can go play an old Mario game and it still holds up because it has a distinct style to itself. Uh, but, uh, you know, and uh, I've already mentioned it, but you can go to a big comic book convention and there's a chance you're going to run into somebody dressed as a Street Fighter character. It's going to happen. Uh, there still hold Street Fighter tournaments today. People go and play those games competitively. Uh, I think it's right up there with um, Smash Brothers as the top, you know, competitive games. Uh, I actually, honestly, this happened two years ago or so. On ESPN, I'm not making this up. They, I was flipping through the channels and saw on ESPN two, uh, a live event that was people competitively playing Street, one of the Street Fighter games. Um, and I was like, "This is stupid. Who's going to watch this?" And I watched at least an hour of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sucker. I just couldn't help it. It was just so fascinating, and and people were really into it. Um, but yeah, uh, Street Fighter to me, uh, it was huge in my childhood. Which is really strange because, you know, the main people I play video games with were uh, Trevor, who I do Retro Blist with, and his brother, uh, Derek, and we never played Street Fighter. <laughs> I was always playing it by myself. I would always run it play it by myself and go against the computer, almost always. He would never play with you? Uh, he just wasn't into them, and I never really forced it. Uh, it. There were so many games to play anyway, so it wasn't like it was a big deal. Um, but yeah, That's true. Um, but it was just really strange. Uh, I actually mentioned to him I wanted to do... Street Fighter 2 for Retro Bliss, and he was like, he was he would do it, but he was like, I just want you to know, I just don't have a lot of history with it. <laughs> I'm like, that's fine, <laughs> and, uh, I understand. I yeah. got this. Um, so, in my opinion, man, I think this is just right up there with, you know, with uh, Mortal Kombat as a video game franchise that's just crossed over into uh, main culture here. Well, uh, without a doubt, I actually look, view Street Fighter as the. Uh, it is the the quintessential fighting game franchise. You know that everybody says that like games like Kung Fu and and Karate Champ and stuff were the predecessor to the you know the modern day fighting game. But I think Street Fighter Two was the one that started it all. I mean, honestly, uh, when we did that MK episode, you, you I read the research about how that's what Capcom or excuse me uh, Midway wanted to compete with them on that level as I already mentioned and they started up the Mortal Kombat project and and they did it in a very short amount of time because they seen the value that fighting games had there wasn't a whole lot of value before that Street Fighter 2 made it uh like unde- made fighting games undeniable in arcades and and so much you know home consoles that it, with within a few years uh that was the de facto game and this is the, like the the trend setting franchise, and that's why it's still up to, you know, it's still as popular to this day. You know, um, and I've run a f- few polls on like Facebook, and people do lean more towards Mortal Kombat. Uh, like a vast majority of people lean towards Mortal Kombat, but uh, there's still something, you know, just, uh, just I don't know how to describe it, but something classic of, about you know Street Fighter. It's never really gotten away from its roots. No, um, you know, no matter how far the graphics have come along, uh, the game has never really gotten away from its roots, its core gameplay. It's never changed drastically. Uh, so that's you know that's something that's always been I think admired. And and yeah, you know, online play. I think that was one of the first big games that really brought people together. I, I was just reading on uh, the internet a couple pages pages that there's a legit like online street fighter champion and they go to different tournaments and they defend their 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 titles and stuff uh in that manner i mean that's the coolest thing i'd never heard about that for any other game not mortal Kombat, not like a tekken or anything like that but street fighter there's legit champion walking around uh with a belt that is the official best player uh in all of the world and i think that's the coolest thing uh is that it, it's able to bring people together like that and here we are i mean 30 Shoot, yeah, 30 years later, uh, since it's, you know, almost original inception. 
and it's it's evolved but stayed the same uh, but very very popular uh, a fun game without a doubt I'm glad that the 30th anniversary edition was available on switch I had fun learning more about the game's history but uh, for the long-lasting legacy, yeah, this game, this this franchise isn't going away anytime soon. Uh, I hope they do find some ways to bring it into maybe a try their live-action route again. But um, yeah, Street Street Fighter, undeniable one of the well, it is the greatest franchise uh, fighting game franchise of all time. Uh, it, there was a point I remember this very distinctly when I was in school where you were. There's all kinds of arguments about whether you were a Mortal Kombat guy or a Street Fighter guy. You couldn't be both for whatever reason. That's, yeah. <laughs> I definitely remember that. And I was a Street Fighter guy, even though I honestly liked both. But, uh, yeah, um, I'm going to tell my Street Fighter Chun-Li movie uh, thing real quick. So, when Street Fighter The Legend of Chun-Li comes out, um, it's in like 2008, 2009, around there, I believe. Uh, they, the early reviews were not good. And that's just putting a very politely however it uh chun Li was being played by um the woman who played lana in oh god what was this superman show what was it called uh uh smallville uh yeah small oh and i was a big smallville fan at that time and i really thought lana was incredibly attractive she's a beautiful woman uh uh, Kristen crook i think i'm saying that last name right but uh she's an i found her to be really attractive and i was like well you know, at the very least, uh, it might be a bad movie, but at least I'll get to watch her, right? So I convinced <laughs> Trevor, <laughs> I guess his better wishes, to go with me open a weekend and see this movie. This is opening weekend. I could count on one hand the other people that were in the theater with us. Uh, the word I got around that this movie was a stinker. <laughs> <laughs> and there's two different types of stinkers when it comes to movies in my, and video games, honestly, in my opinion. There's one that's so bad you can still enjoy it, uh, which I would put the first Street Fighter movie in that category. It's not a good movie, but it's still a lot of fun to watch. There's a lot of movies that are like that that I love. Um, They're not great at all, and I would never say they're going to be up for any sort of good reward or award or anything like that, but they're still enjoyable to watch. You can get some level of enjoyment out of it. Then there's some that are just so bad that you're like... I. Just don't want to finish watching this. And when I after we watched this movie, I don't. We made it through the whole thing. I was very torn on how I felt about it. In fact, I couldn't decide. It was a bad movie. There's no doubt about it. It's not good. <laughs> but I couldn't decide if it was one I would want to like have my friends watch. Say, hey, you got to watch this movie because it's so bad that it's funny. Or if it's just a bad movie and I don't want to put them through that. <laughs> <laughs> And to this day, I still don't know because, <clears throat> excuse me, they made so many weird choices with this film to the point where Chun-Li is the good guy and this is her story, which I'm all for. Uh, but, like, she made weird choices in the film that would make her a villain in any other film. <laughs> uh, you know, so, uh, to me, um, she was one of the first uh, anti, you know, anti-good guys, kind of, in a way. Uh, because there's literally, literally a scene in the movie, and it's toward the end, where she's beating this opponent. She's beating them. They're not going to beat her. She's won, hands down. And she just, and she could have just walked away, which is what Street Fighter is. <clears throat> Nobody's, uh, you know, Mortal Kombat, they're doing fatalities. That doesn't happen in Street Fighter. However, in this Chun-Li movie, she just breaks their neck from what I remember. Oh, my God. <laughs> Coldly, just with no uh, remorse, <laughs> just ends the life. Of this other character. And I, when that happened, I burst out laughing in the theater. Because <laughs> it's such a weird choice to make with this character that you're trying to build up. You know, you remember when Batman v Superman came out? The movie? Yeah, and he was shooting and a lot people. Of, yeah, and he was shooting people. And yeah. a lot of people, myself included, had an issue with that. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of how I felt with this. So it's such a strange movie. So I'm going to say, if you have not seen, which is probably a lot of people, Street Fighter, The Rise, or I mean The Legend of Chun-Li... I kind of suggest it just to see how you feel about it. And I'm very curious. Uh, please comment on our page if you've seen it and what you thought. Yeah, please do. Please do. But, uh, oh, that's a great story. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I'm one of the few suckers who saw that thing open weekend. Or even in the theater at all, honestly. Uh, 
But uh, Matt, uh, what's uh, what's coming up down the pipeline? All right, so coming down my pipeline is uh, <laughs> or the, the retro pop line is uh, next week. I'm gonna, or next time, excuse me. Uh, next episode, I will be covering my great uncle Pat, Pat Johnson. Um, I'm really excited to talk about Johnny. Kind of twisted my arm a little bit last episode about doing it. And I was like, yeah, you know, I think I will. Uh, it's a cool story. Uh, he's had a cool life story. Unfortunately, I could not get in contact with him as he's uh, some health issues, of course. But there's plenty of stuff on him online I'm excited to talk about and uh, perhaps enlighten some of you uh, as to how much uh, my great uncle, who have, keep in mind, I've only met him twice. I know how I'm related to him, though. I'm not one of those people who are like, eh. Yeah, I'm related to that guy, but I don't know how. I actually know how I'm related to him. Uh, but he's had a really cool life, life story, and uh, you know, he's actually a little bit more integral part of pop culture than I think a lot of people think. So uh, I am very, very excited to get into that. Uh, I've been chopping at the bit, and I'm ready to go. I am ready to whirl for that episode. Yeah, I'm very excited for it, honestly. Uh, I think he'll be one of the unsung heroes in our pop culture, and... Uh, he deserves some attention. That's just from a little bit that I know about him. So uh, I'm very excited for that one. Uh, so stay tuned to that, uh, listeners. Uh, we very much appreciate all of you. Uh, Matt, do you got anything else you want to add before we jump out of here? No, I think it's a wrap. Uh, well, I guess in, in, in just simple, just really thank you for the list. You know, continued support uh, of this show, of Retropop. Um, it's fun. It's I know it's bi-weekly. It's a little tricky. Uh, and hard, you know, sometimes it could be hard to get into a routine, but we appreciate you coming back for more. And trust me, the best is just ahead for us here at Retro Pop. Yeah, we got a lot of really fun topics we haven't even got to discuss yet. So yeah. uh, stay tuned. We appreciate all of you. You all are awesome. You all rock. Uh, for Matt Johnson, I'm Johnny Townsend. This has been Retro Vinyl Divers podcast. Vinyl episode. Divers? What's that? Vinyl Divers is a podcast that I do where I talk everything music related from bands that are on vinyl that I've collected, uh, old vinyl that I found and purchased, to bands that I am currently listening to on iTunes and Spotify because guess what? I can't afford all the vinyl that I want. But it's a vinyl podcast. Yes, essentially. It's a music podcast that started off as a vinyl podcast. Is there diving involved? There is diving into podcasts and vinyls. Where can I find Vinyl Divers? Find Vinyl Divers on the network app, BICVP-radio.com. Sweet. Keep diving. <laughs>